Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Yes! Good morning. I know, it's awesome every time. It really is. Yeah. My name is Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the church. And I do want to let you know that I have submitted a request that from here on out, all sermons must start on a motorcycle... And be taught wearing leather pants. No matter what the topic is, this is now standard operating procedures at Parkway Fellowship. Okay, so this week, I had a little, uh, little, little hiccup in, in my plan. I, uh, I broke my foot. That's not the crazy thing. The crazy thing is that one of the first things I thought of is, oh, I hope I'll still be able to wear my leather pants on Sunday. Yeah, no, not Cast, boot, how did it happen, pain levels. Oh, I hope I can still put the pants on. I mean, really? I know. Look, I'm really glad y'all are here as we are back our second week of idol worship. And when we look at idol worship, it's not worshiping false idols or gods. or No, it's, it's idol as in just turning the car on and leaving it an idol. You know, one of the cool parts of every NASCAR race is the starting line. When all the cars are in idle and they're revving the engines... You know what the greatest part is? When they're roaring through the finish line. I mean, do you want to be the car that just sits at the starting line and idle for the entire race? Or do you want to be the car that wins? That's what we're trying to prevent in our worship. That our worship doesn't stay idle. Just idling, eventually to be stranded, to run out of gas on the side of the road. We want to live life full throttle with our worship full throttle. That's what we're talking about during this series. My daughter, Avery, uh, she, turns, she turns six tomorrow, actually, which I can't believe. But she loves clothes. She loves clothes. She probably has more clothes than anybody else in our house. And she has more shoes than she knows what to do with. I know, we're starting a really bad trend when she's six. But you know what one of my favorite things is? I love how she organizes her clothes in her closets and in her drawers and my favorite thing is how she talks about them. Because it's all attitude. Daddy. These jeans, these are the jeans that I wear when I go outside and play. These jeans are all of my sparkle jeans. I wear all of these jeans with these shirts right here. These are my dresses. These are my Sunday dresses. These are the dresses that I wear when I go to this class for school. These are, and I mean, she has got it all categorized out. And I'm telling you. It's just awesome watching her because, I mean, she is nonstop, movement, head popping, arms going. And if you want a good 30-minute conversation, just ask Avery, hey, could you show me all of your clothes? It's fascinating. But, you know, I start thinking about it. It's funny when it, you know, it's your daughter and you look at it and you laugh and Robin and I talk about it. But, well, I do that too. I compartmentalize everything that I have. Not just clothes, like everything in life. We, we all do it. 
I mean, we all take these, these things that we have and we put them like in these boxes. Like we all have, we have like our work world. Like it's the world that we live in like while we're at work. And then we have the world that it's like friends that we've had forever. Like these are just the friends that I've had for a really long time. And then we have the world of, God, this is my small group world. Then we have the world of, these are the friends that I have now. These are the friends that I tailgate with. This is what I do here. I mean, we just, we compartmentalize everything. I mean, we don't walk around saying, I have compartmentalized you this, but no. But it's true. We all do it. And we even have this idea of, well, this is my church world. And the scary thing is, is if we take our worship and we put it in a box as well. We take our worship here on Sunday mornings and we say, this is worship. Okay, Sunday mornings, check. I did it. You see, the danger is, is that if we leave worship here, You will never be able to fully follow Christ. Because there's aspects of your life that you have not brought him into. If you don't learn how to worship throughout the week, well, then it's going to be hard for you to fully follow Christ. You'll follow him in certain aspects, but we will not be able to follow him wholeheartedly like we all desire. And the danger is, Is that if a crisis happens, or let's say something happens to one of your friends, and and it's an aspect of your life where you've never worshipped, you've never brought Christ into it, it's going to be awkward, and you're not going to know what to do. And you're not going to be able to, to fall back on the things that you know and the things that are going to benefit you, because we've taken everything and we've compartmentalized it so much that we've even taken our worship and we've put it over here in a box. Look, last week we talked about worship here on Sunday mornings. That this is designed to be the best hour of your week. But this week we're going to talk about taking worship outside of here and into our community, into our life, into our week. Okay, think of it like this. If you slept eight hours every night, that leaves you 112 hours every single week that you're awake. Assuming that you're in church for one hour every week, that leaves you 111 hours to account for. Keeping up with our idol worship motorcycle theme, think of it as a road trip. Everybody loves taking a road trip. You jump in the car and just go for it. The best part's getting there and the memories that are made. Let's just say we went on a road trip together. We went on a road trip from this Sunday all the way to next Sunday. We have 111 miles to account for. So what does that look like? What does worship look like our entire week? How do we worship for 111 hours? Look, if you're going to worship for 111 hours, here's the big thing that you got to do. This is how you're going to do it. If you're going to be effective this week, you have to change a little of the routine and a lot of the habits. That's your first fill-in. You're going to change a little of the routine And a lot of the habits. Look, if I stood up here and said, listen, for you to do this, you're going to have to completely change your routine. You're going to have to completely change your schedule. What it looked like last week is going to look totally different this week. The likelihood is it's just not going to happen. Because that's hard. That's difficult. It's probably going to be, I don't want to do this. I don't want to change our kids' schedules. No. It's not going to happen. 
But look, what I want to talk to you about today, I want you to change very little of your routine. I'm not going to come here and I want you to change your schedule, change what you do, where you go, how you do it. I just want you to change the habits that you have within the routine of your life. Should be pretty simple. All right, three things that we've got to do. Three things that we do if we're going to worship 111 hours, if we're going to change a little of our routine and a lot of our habits, here's the first one. I must worship God through my conversations. I must worship God through my conversations. Look, you're going to have conversations this week. You're going to. This is nothing new. I'm not adding anything to your plate. You will have conversations this week. Look at what God says about the conversations we should have. It says in Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is, for, what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Look what it says in James 3, 9 through 10. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Underline that sentence for me. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Look, you're going to have conversations this week. That's not newsflash. I didn't add anything to your to-do list. You know where a lot of those conversations are going to take place? Online. Online through social media. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, anything, texting, emails. That counts. That counts as conversation that could be used for worshiping and glorifying God. But let me tell you what Facebook's covered with. Whining, complaining, making fun of people, downgrading things. My life is so hard. Look, you are missing an opportunity to glorify and worship God. Oh, and total side note, but this is, this is huge. Look, on Facebook, if you type out a cuss word and then change like three letters to those symbols, it's still cussing. Everybody knows what you're saying and everybody knows what you're thinking and everybody knows what's in your heart. It still counts. You have an opportunity to talk about the great blessings that you had during the day. You have the opportunity to talk about how great your family members are. You have the opportunity to talk about what you're praying for and what you desire to see God do. But no, whine and complain, whine and complain. Here's the crazy thing. We have a computer in our kitchen. We kind of, you know, a hub of the kitchen and working there and all that. And, and we have Facebook up a lot of times on that computer. I thought back, I can think of two members of this church that I've had to defriend because of the language that they use on their Facebook page. And I have kids who can walk by and read. I mean, think about it. If I got up here and read your feed, all of your posts for the past six months, how would you feel? It might be awkward reading them in here, but you have no problem posting them all over for the world to see on Facebook. I mean, think about it for a second. Look, we are going to have conversations. Like if you go home and like, we used to be, I used to be friends with Pastor Adam. And like, you looked me up and we're not friends anymore. Awkward. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I didn't think about that before. I just said, yeah. All right. Well, you know who you are. All right. Here's the deal. 
Look, you're going to have conversations. You're going to talk this week. Use those conversations to glorify and worship God. Let me give you an example. You're going to be asked constantly, how you doing? The standard answer is, good. And you keep walking. Somebody asks you how you're doing. You say, good. I read something really amazing in my Bible this morning, and I've been thinking about it all day long. Man, what a great chance to tell God, hey, thanks for your word. Somebody asks you, hey, hey, how, how you been doing? You know what? We're doing really great. Uh, we've been praying for my son's grades to improve in this past week. He got an A on a test. I mean, is it that hard? You see, the thing is, that, that's what you do. You do. You pray. You pray for your kids to have great grades, to make basketball teams. You pray for them to be successful. Well, tell people about it. The more you talk about it, the more you're going to think about it. Yeah, tomorrow you're going to have asked the question of, hey, how was your weekend? I mean, how hard is it to say, I had a great weekend. I went to church and I heard the greatest sermon I've ever heard in my life. I should totally take that pastor out to play around a golf. I mean, is it, is it that hard, people? No. Hey, how was your weekend? It was great. My small group got together and we grilled out. You know, we had so much fun hanging out. It's the best burgers I've had in a while. I mean, you are opening the door for conversation about God, about telling him how great he is, glorifying him for what he's done in your life. You will have conversations this week, but how many opportunities might you let slip by if you just say good and keep going? I mean, what an opportunity to encourage, to thank, to give advice, to instruct somebody all the while glorifying God about what he's doing in your life. You see, that's what it looks like when we begin to worship for 111 hours on this 111 miles to go road trip. We have got to take these steps of worshiping constantly every single day. And the little things that we do, I'm not trying to add anything to your plate here. I just want to make your plate filled with worship all week long. All right, what's the second thing? The second thing that you've got to do is that I must worship through my everyday activities. Look, this is where it gets good. And your everyday activities. Look, there are things that you are going to do this week no matter what. You are going to drive to work. You're going to uh, do carpool for the kids. You're going to go to the grocery store. You're probably going to do drive through or go to a restaurant. This is where you find the spiritually mature. They strive to worship in those activities. And the things that happen on an everyday basis, the things that are set in schedule, the spiritually mature strive to worship in those. Look, look at what the Bible says about it. Everybody get your pen ready. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, circle the word whatever for me. Do it for the glory of God. Whatever happens, circle the word whatever for me. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, circle the word whatever for me. Yeah. Whether in word or deed, do it all for the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Look, here's the key. Worship in whatever you're doing. Worship in whatever it is. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, worship. 
Praying before meals, worship. It's not just a habit that you grew up with as a family. No, it's biblical. You were supposed to worship before that. Thanking him for the provision that you have. Look, in whatever you do, you're driving in the car, you need to listen to praise and worship music. You are worshiping. When you're driving carpool around for your kids all over, you need to pray for them in that event. But wherever they're going so they can be safe, they don't break their foot. They can be taken care of. Look, and you might be thinking, man, my my kids are older. They're going to think that's like totally lame. Look, the older they are, trust me, the more prayer they're going to need. Look, we have got to begin to take our everyday activities and turn them into worship. This week, Parkway Fellowship is participating in a worldwide project. A worldwide project that is going to change millions of lives. And at the same time, it is going to teach us how to worship in our everyday life, specifically going to the grocery store. Parkway Fellowship is participating in a project called Operation Christmas Child. Look, the reality of our harsh world is that there are millions of kids who are not going to celebrate Christmas this year. I don't even know that on December 25th, they're supposed to get presents. That's the reality that we live in. That's the world that we have. Operation Christmas Child, they desire to take donated shoeboxes filled with presents and items of need and pass them out to millions of kids all over the world. 8.5 million kids in 130 different countries is their goal for this year. Look, I've got a quick video. I want you to watch this little video and then we're going to get up of how we can use this Operation Christmas Child to worship in our everyday life. Let's go ahead and roll this video, guys. Their smiles, the joy that that they get when they open that box, it's almost like they're breathing the Lord in when they open that. It's beautiful. These kids, they've never had a gift like this. And when we can give a gift and do it in the name of Jesus Christ, it means everything in the world. Not only did I receive a gift, but I also prayed to receive Christ as my Lord. Operation Christmas Child is going to great lengths to reach these children, to find these children, and show them love through these shoeboxes. It's not just you give a box and we walk away. This is long-term spiritual effect that we're having on these communities and on these countries. We want to impact the world. This is my way of entering another country without physically going. Now that's the power of a simple gift. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. 
Here's how this is going to work. In your worship guide, you've seen this little pamphlet, Operation Christmas Tile. It, all the information you need and how, or how to get it is on this deal. We're going to make this super easy for you. In the foyer, when you walk out, this folds to become a shoebox. We are giving you the shoebox. This week, you're going to go to the grocery store. You're going to go to Walmart. H-E-B, Target, I don't know where. But look, I'm not adding anything to your plate. I just want your routine to become worship-filled. I want you to walk those same miles that you walk every single week at your grocery store. But this time, I want you to do it glorifying God and filling a shoebox. Look, in your worship guide, on the very back in the Fellowship 5, I want you to fill it out and I want you to return it this week. On the back, it tells you the times to bring back the shoebox up here to church. Parkway Fellowship is a community drop-off place for Operation Christmas Child. Take this. Fill the box. When they give your box out, they also give out a track with a gospel presentation in it. In that child's language. To let them know, hey, you're loved. There was a family in another country that packed this shoebox for you so that you could have it today, so that you could have Christmas, so that you would know how loved you are. That is how you worship in your everyday life. You fill this shoebox and you bring it back. It'll be the best grocery trip that you take all week long. And why? Because you're worshiping. You are not thinking of yourself. You're thinking of how can I glorify you, God, through filling this shoebox. On your way out, I want you to grab one of these shoeboxes. Look, if we run out of shoeboxes out there, and we, I hope we do. I hope we want, run out of shoeboxes. Look, any shoebox will work. And ideally, what they want are the plastic bins that look like shoeboxes that you buy at Walmart because the kids can use that box afterwards for something else. Grab a shoebox and fill it this week. All right. We're using them in our everyday activities. We're using them in our conversations. Here's another way that we must worship. Here's the third thing. I must worship God through making big commitments. Through making big commitments. Look, one of the reasons why I love this church so much, and I truly believe that there is no other church like Parkway Fellowship, is because there is a good handful of you that are already striving for one and two. You're already striving for worship through your conversations, for worship in your everyday activities. Well, point number three is for you. Look what it says in Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Look, I'll be the first to say, that's hard. All your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. There are some of you in this room who are striving for one and two, and it's time for you to make a big commitment. Look, when you make a big commitment, it forces you to rely on God more. It forces you to think about him more. It forces you to continually have your mind focused on him saying, God, I can't do this. I need you because you are a great God. Look, there are some ministries here at Parkway Fellowship. They just take more time than others. Not that they're more important. They just... They just take more time to fulfill. Being a small group leader, it takes a lot of time. It's not not necessarily hard. No, the the team here 
Pastor Ryan, they train you to wear, I mean, it is running, it is easy, it's not that difficult, but it takes a lot of time as far as what you think about constantly. Look, serving in the kids' ministry, man, that can take a lot of time. It's a whole other service on Sunday mornings. Being a kids' small group leader. Look, I, there are so many places that require extra time, that require you to be here for more. I mean, the people that serve in the sound booth back there, they're here for all three services. I mean, it's a big chunk. Look, there are some of you in here that need to make a big commitment like that. There are some of you that have been attending small group for years, but now it's time for you to step up and lead. There are some of you in here that serve on a two weeks on, six week off rotation in our kids ministry. Well, it's time for you to make a bigger commitment and step up and do four on, four off. Or maybe to go every single week. But when you make a big commitment, you are going to have to constantly think about God more than you have before. And during the week, when you find yourself dwelling more on God, you will find that it is easier for you to worship in your everyday activities. It is easier for you to worship in your conversations because you're being forced to continually think about him. Look, let me paint a picture for you. I want to paint you a picture of a church. Look, last Sunday when we left here singing praise and worship, it was louder than I've heard it in years. There was more energy. There was more excitement in this room than there has been in a long time. And I heard about it as people were leaving. There was, you walked differently. There was cloud nine. I mean, there was an energy. There was an excitement to go, to go out into your community, to follow Christ. I want to paint you a picture of a church that leaves every Sunday like that. So filled up and fired up for worship that it just continues. It grows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the conversations at the grocery store, the things that they're doing in their everyday life, driving kids around, praying for kids, just a continual act of worship. So that when a next Sunday comes, after 111 hours, the church doesn't come back exhausted. Oh, I need that again. I'm so tired. No, you come back thrilled and excited about what happened this past week. Because your worship is only elevated. Because it wasn't just in a box here on Sundays. It permeated every aspect of your life. From work to family to friends. Everything that you do is worship. That's what we want to accomplish in this series. That's what we want to see happen. To make sure that happens, I want everybody to pull out your connection card. And I want you to take a next step. Maybe for you it's this first one. I do a worship God through my conversations by telling someone what God is doing in my life. Look, this week in a conversation, will you tell someone what God's doing in your life? Maybe for you, it's this next one. Worship this week by listening to Christian music in my car. Look, would you make that choice of continually thinking about and singing Christian music? Maybe for you, it's this next one. This is what I want everybody in here to check. Worship God by filling a shoebox for Operation Christmas Child and returning it here to the church this week. Look, I'd like to see 600 boxes. I'd like to see 600 boxes filled and returned during this week from our church. Look, we're going to be getting deliveries from churches and other organizations in this community. I want the Stacker Parkway Fellowship to be mountains higher compared to any other group that comes in. 600 boxes this week. That's only going to happen if everybody takes one. Would you take a box this week? 
Maybe for you, it's this next one. Make a big commitment by being a small group leader for this upcoming spring semester. Look, it's just the season that we're in. So if you're going to make a big commitment doing something else, great. But for some of you in this room, it's time to be a small group leader. Whether for adults, kids, or students, check that box. Check that box and make a big commitment to be a small group leader this upcoming spring. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Become a Christ follower for the very first time. Look, if there's never come a time in your life where you've asked Christ to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior, that is something worth worshiping. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He lived a perfect life and then died as the payment for all the mistakes that we've ever made. And by placing our faith and our life in him through a simple prayer and pledging to follow him for the rest of your life, you get to go to heaven when you die. Now that's going to cause you to worship. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. You should pray that prayer and check this box on your way out by every single door. On a stand, there's new believer packets, just little envelopes with information in it that'll help you in your new life with Christ. Take one on your way out. Maybe for you, it's this next one. In just a minute, I will give my full participation of worship because of what God has done for me. Look, in just a couple seconds, the praise and worship team is gonna come back up here and we're gonna have a great long time of worship. Would you give full participation? Everything that you have because of how great God is. Look, during the first two songs, members of our prayer team are going to be down here in the front. Please come find one of us. We'd love to pray for you. Also, during the first two songs, if you're already a Christ follower, we will be serving the Lord's Supper on both front corners of the stage on the floor. As you walk forward, somebody will hand you a piece of bread so that you may dip it in the cup. I want you to stand, raise your hands, and sing louder than you ever have because of how great God is, knowing of the great week that you're going to have of worshiping him. Let me close this in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for you, for how great you are, of a God that is worthy of worship. Lord, we come before you now, God, and we just ask in great expectations and great hope that you would give us an amazing week. Would you help us continually think about worshiping you? God, whether it's through our conversations that we're having, through our activities, God, in everything, in whatever we do, would we worship you this week? And would it bring us back here next Sunday so excited about worship, propelled to sing louder than we ever have before? God, would this series change the culture of worship at our church? Would it not be just something that we do cool for a couple of weeks of changing the order on, but would this change the condition of our hearts? So God, we come before you now and we ask that your spirit would fall down. We ask that you would be glorified in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.